I'm Drew Miller, and you're listening to The Second Muse. Ella Mine has emerged from a deep darkness, carrying a bright light. She began writing Dream War as a way of processing her struggle with a pain condition and its medication's traumatic effects. By bravely diving into the storm of her own experience, she has brought to surface some of the most elemental, archetypal features of being human. Together, the songs on Dream War ask, how are we to dream, hope, and believe again after our first dreams have been crushed, our first hopes dashed, and our first beliefs ravaged? This convergence of the elemental and the personal is made fully audible in sound and fury, which draws on the chilling language of Shakespeare to confront the listener with the threat of meaninglessness before transfiguring it into an epic, resounding anthem. This album began as one seamless live performance, so it had an entire previous life before it entered a studio. This presented Evan Redwine, the album's producer, with a novel set of circumstances. He has managed to both capture intact and properly wrangle the intense energy of the live show, making for a magical listening experience. Before we begin, I must also point out that this song has yet to be released. Ella and Evan generously shared a final mix of sound and fury with me so that I could play it on this podcast, so you are among the first to hear it in its entirety. Ella, Evan, thank you so much for taking the time to come talk to me on The Second Muse. So um, I'm really excited. Uh, I was joking earlier that this is all just a ploy to hear a song from Dream War um, <laughs> before it's all finished. It's a worthy call, worthy <laughs> ploy. Yeah. Yes, and we'll be focusing on Sound and Fury, which has been, um, it blew my mind when I first mm. heard it, and it's just been so fun to, um, to hear it a few more times live, and we're about to hear the recording that you both have been working on for um, that song from Dream War. Um, So with these uh, episodes, typically we start by just talking about the idea of the second muse and um, how you've encountered it in your uh, process, whether that's songwriting or record producing. Um, And so the, uh, the idea in a nutshell is that the first muse is the one that gets all the good press. It's like the magic, like pixie dust, you know, um, like you can make movies out of the first muse, but you can't out of the second muse because yeah. its job is to kind of like confound you, get in your way, make you rethink things, hit dead ends. Um, and so I'm really curious about how artists and writers encounter that force in their um, creativity and in making whatever it is that they make. Um, so we'll get started just by opening the floor. Uh, take it however you want to take it. Um, what is your relationship like to this second muse? How have you encountered mm. that um, that power of disruption and um, being confounded in the process of uh, songwriting and making making an album so far uh in in this project i remember very clearly many moments of encountering the second muse Mm -hmm. um just coming up against wall after wall in the writing process especially um i recall once or probably a couple times uh being in in a little 
piano practice room and after after a while of just like banging my head against the wall working on maybe one small idea I'd I'd call my dad and say I've been in here for seven hours and (laughs) I I I haven't moved an inch like it's I'm still where I was when I walked in and um and I remember him saying to me you have to go through this struggle Mm -hmm. like it has to be difficult um if it's going to be meaningful on the other end Mm -hmm. and uh yeah I I I was so encouraged uh hearing hearing him say that and then um listening to even in this podcast here Mm -hmm. when you talk about um what what can come out of pushing through the the really difficult parts of writing or of creating anything um and in in this project i've i've definitely seen the almost like glory that can come out of the really trying elements Mm -hmm. it's been cool and that i mean that's not restricted just to the craft of writing the record either because the subject matter is itself very trying yeah <laughs> right and, yeah, I, and like so true. and i'd love to hear about how like you went from um just like life experience to okay i think i need to tell this story i'm gonna make a whole album yeah to do that and like the process of um making that choice and then going about it and um and running up against the struggle of it like mm. how how did that all unfold for you yeah well i guess i guess you'd say like that that first muse was thinking um i'll make this i'll, I'll tell this story through music and mm-hmm. that'll be exciting um and then, as it usually is. right and then and then coming up against uh how how can i portray how how can i how can i walk through and walk listeners through the worst things that I know um, and do it in a kind way and in a respectful way and in a way that will hopefully provide hope or um, even just a space uh, a space for anybody to feel uh, what what they've so far not not allowed themselves to feel just to process. Mm-hmm. Um, what what's difficult and I yeah I feel like I had there there were so many goals going into this project um, and I th- it's almost like every goal that we set we're s- is like uh, we're setting up frustration <laughs> you know <laughs> um, we're sure. like it, we're putting ourselves in the position to to be frustrated again and mm. again yeah. um, every time we want to do something and. Um yeah, uh it it was definitely a a a trying and a long process to determine an appropriate and gentle enough but also real way mm-hmm. to walk through the story that I wanted to walk through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. And did like did the answer 
to what is an appropriate and gentle way to <laughs> tell this story. Um, did that come out of, like I'm trying to envision where that answer comes you know, from, because it's one thing to say like, you know, theorize like, hmm, what would be, you know, mm-hmm. from this removed space of like, how, sh- how would I want to tell the story? Mm-hmm. Versus like, you're in the thick of it, you're in the practice room for seven hours mm-hmm. and like a lyric just comes and you're like, that's the answer, you know? Like, mm. so, and I guess I'm kind of casting that as like two different poles of sure. how that answer can come about, like in theory and in practice. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I mean, I guess there was both yeah. in the process of, of writing a record like this. Yeah. Like where, where did you find yourself on that spectrum? Were there moments where yeah. no theory could really contain um, an answer that came through a really small, like, idea, uh, or vice versa, like, yeah. There were a lot of really, um, really surprising breakthroughs, hmm, um, okay. or surprising, like, second inspirations, and I, I think, f- at least for me, I don't, I don't know if this is the same for other artists, but, um, I'm, I mean, we're, we're always working on stuff, right? We always mm-hmm. have like these initial ideas um, that are kind of running through our heads all the time. And then uh, for me, it's it's almost always something that is entirely outside of myself or outside of what I've been focused on mm. that kind of um, like jumps in the window almost like mm. a- out of the blue and changes how I'm looking at what I was already working on and then something new comes out of it and uh sometimes that's like uh like learning something in a in a science class that is just completely separate from what you're doing or like a a concept in the history of math or you know like just random uh random yeah right left field for sure uh or sometimes oh all the time um another person Hmm. or another person's story um or another person coming in and saying sure i'll i'll play on this while you're working on it and see what happens um always outside of myself uh that that i can then see this idea that i've been struggling with in a completely new way that is way Mm. more meaningful than before um and that tends to be in at least in this process, um, how I ultimately get to what I think is the right place. Yeah. And that framework that you had isn't wrong. Right, like you right. needed to be beating your head against yeah, right. a wall right. Um, in the first place in order to be set up for the breakthrough that would yeah. come through the window. Oh, yeah. Like, um, and that can happen in writing, and that can also happen in like – taking a song that's finished and mm. finding its finished form as a recording too, oh, yeah. right? Like giving which voice. Which is what Evan is doing. Um, which is where Evan comes <laughs> yes. in the picture, right? Um, and so I'm going to, s- I have two, I have one question for each of you. So we're going to focus specifically, I wish we could talk about the whole album, but that would take like, <laughs> you know, several days. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so we're going to talk about sound and fury. Um, yeah. And I want to ask Ella, I want to ask you about if that was a song in which, in the writing of it, you experienced any of that, um, something just came out of the window after mm-hmm. I've been beating my head against the wall, yeah. sort of a moment. Um, 
is that one of those where yes. there's a okay Absolutely. well then go for it like from just the songwriting perspective let's start there and okay. then we can work from there to like once evan came into the picture to make yeah. it a finished thing where there are similar breakthroughs right yeah so we'll we'll start with the songwriting though okay so the first idea for this song was um what's now the chorus is uh all i see is red red rain um is kind of the primary like visual Mm -hmm. concept of of the song and um and and i was working 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 to try to come up with what is the idea of this song like i can see it i can Mm -hmm. kind of feel it but i don't know like what it is and i was looking through a notebook um from, it's so funny, I, I feel like I've referenced class multiple times now, but I, mm. I started writing this project while I was still in school. And so I was looking through notes from a class in which I had read Macbeth, and uh, yeah. a couple lines that I had taken note of, um, from one from uh, Lady Macbeth's uh, soliloquy before she takes her life, and then two yeah. was Macbeth's response to hearing the news. Um, of her death and there were so many lines that were so potent um and so strong in like just a small (laughs) small line uh that really kind of took my breath away when i read them in the context of i'd been like working on this red red rain idea and then um Mm -hmm. reading Macbeth's uh tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps in from day to day and um I'm now now I'm going to mix up the lyrics of the song and what Shakespeare actually wrote. <laughs> All good. Um, that that was one of those l- out of left field like yeah. Here's this this other story that in the and so Dream War the the album that that we're making is um is a concept piece um and the song Sound and Fury falls right in the middle, right in mm-hmm. the middle of the piece. So it's right at the top of the <laughs> of the um of the outline of the whole record and uh it just kind of all started to make sense when I was mm-hmm. when I was reading those lines um that right in the middle of this journey there's this death mm-hmm. um and then this response to that death mm-hmm. and so the song Sun and Fury is a look at uh, I don't. I don't know if you've probably experienced this, but if if somebody close to you dies, it's like everything that you see, looking around you in the present, looking uh, forward and looking back at mm-hmm. your life before, is just like flipped upside down, and yeah. your entire perspective on what is important and on what you value and what matters is just thrown over and um so this idea of 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 like seeing tomorrow and seeing yesterday and and everything is just covered in this like red rain is the idea of the song but um is just covered in this kind of uh, i don't know the song gets into the idea of of meaninglessness um this uh uh, cr- crowned in glory, we shouted till we raised the holy ruckus. 
sound and fury, they signify, they're signifying nothing. And it's like everything that we've worked for and strived toward and created and felt so proud of ourselves for making is just kind of overturned in a moment um, yeah. when something as big as like a death happens. Um, so yeah, that 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 was for sure uh, one of those moments mm-hmm. um, that I'm so grateful for. And then after that, that was in the writing process. Um, after that, at some point, this song became like the most boring thing ever to me, but I still thought it was like important, but it was really? just me playing it on the piano. It's like slow and like just kind of heavy and it felt like I was just like trudging through mud. And then yeah. uh, uh, in our f- like f- my first full band rehearsal, it absolutely blew up into just this like sparkling piece. It was, uh, yeah, it, was, it yeah. was wild. And that's another of those moments where just other people being involved can completely transform what we yeah. do um and then so that was like phase two of this th- of this yeah. occurrence yeah. phase three was evan <laughs> getting involved yeah. with the song and um and bringing his uh, his own creativeness and and ideas to what it's ultimately going to sound like on the record and i c- man i couldn't be more excited for what it's going to be like what what evan's been doing is so cool yeah i mean you had the um this project is unique in that it it's life like it lived a life of live performance Mm -hmm. as like a whole piece before album which typically i feel like that's reversed so that's really cool that like evan you're inheriting this thing that's been uh performed in its entirety in a certain way and then you're like you receive mm-hmm. kind of like a, a more formed thing. Um, so I'm sure that is a different process than like helping a writer find how the song really sounds, you know? So what, yeah. What's that been like? Mm. Wow. I'm going to try to be, if I can be 25% as eloquent as Ella, I'll consider this <laughs> podcast a success. Um, yeah, that's not typical. I remember reading in one of my books in class back in college. It was like a book full of interviews with producers, and I can't remember who said it, but I always it always it stuck with me. The guy was like, you know, like um, before you go record songs in the studio, like you should tour them for six months so that like you're just like you know what they need to be, and you're crushing the performance, you know. Yeah, and I've definitely seen. Um, in the studio how, uh, several times how helpful it, it would be like it's like as much as you rehearse it's you always feel like it's never quite enough you know yeah. um, but with that said I think for me part of the beauty of it being so arranged is like I got a chance to hear it mm-hmm. you know front to back with all the transitions and all the p- piano movements and like I, I saw saw the beauty of it right like I saw what it could be or what it already was yeah where when someone kind of just brings me maybe a collection of like you know, a collection of demos, mm-hmm. and it's it's my mind in there. I mean like what can we make this? It's like it's already I could tell it was already it was already something beautiful, and I mm-hmm. I was just like I don't know exactly how I said it. But I was like hey, I really want to do this if if you want me to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. I was like oh my gosh, like it just it blew my mind, you yeah. know, and um, and so I got to see that twice and. 
you know, it's not like six months of touring, but the fact that they played it live twice and the rehearsals leading up to both of those were really involved and like mm-hmm. thought out. Um, I think helped so much because the musicians who played on it played in the studio and it just like, you know, the underlying vibes of the songs were kind of already laid out for me. Yeah. Which is cool because I don't know if my, I know my brain wouldn't have taken the songs where, you know, her and the band took them, which is, you know, usually something to be thankful for. Yeah. Because I think one thing I want to, I really want to be marked by as a producer is like each project I do sounding substantially more like the artist than it sounds like me yeah you know that's really cool and <laughs> such um, a good mission statement yeah. <laughs> i don't think i i think i think that's been true thus far but i think like this having a life of its own before mine like really helped that out big yeah. time um yeah yeah and but at the same time you're also not just trying to recreate a live show yeah. oh we did yes plenty of augmentation yeah, <laughs> yeah. so how like what's and augmentation like that isn't always thought out in some theoretical way, but like mm-hmm. even looking back on having made changes to something that was already so fully formed, like was there a uh, a pattern to that augmentation? Like was there a way that um, that you ended up leaning towards to like take what was already there and make it more suitable for a recorded album? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, if I'm getting really technical, like, um, feel free. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> to get technical, I'm nerd out. Um, like the drums, like, I mean, were just, you know, they were incredible, right? Like, every song is like, but yeah, most oh, yeah. of what we did, we went Can and like. And, and, you know, also, I am a guitar player, so it's, it was easier for me to wrap my rind, mind around this thing. But, you know, typically, I mean, you'll have drums and then layers of perk, but you don't don't typically have, like, layers of a drum kit. Like, you might have layers of guitars, right? Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, when I listen to a song, I think a lot about, like, what different layers of guitars can do. So there's a lot of sifting through the guitars that have been tracked and tracking and maybe replacing some maybe keeping some but i feel like i mean it was when you add it all together two or three weeks of just like electric guitar work on the album Hmm. and that was really like you know drums bass vocal piano at least in their scratch versions were all there and there was so much just that's the skeleton that's the heartbeat but what's like the um the painting around that Mm, yeah um that, that all that swims in and um and so that was i think specifically looking at specifically the shape of kind of the augmentation or, or reframing or whatever was like a lot of electric guitar textures sure yeah yeah, yeah. um and so that yeah that that was actually and i think you know because that's what i play it's easy for my mind to get very like deep dive into that zone where you know someone else might deep dive f- from a different direction yeah. but yeah. i think it was all like it was what it needed to be it's awesome yeah
let's start with the beginning because it's really really cool like the extremely foreboding noises that um i think listeners will be eager to know the source of those noises yeah so the the first sound there is a is a bell toll um it's supposed to supposed to be like a a death a death toll yeah um as the song comes right after right after uh the death of the like previous song um and so it's it's just kind of a transition from that mm-hmm. that that realization of of the the actuality of of that death and then um like the small amount of like of that grieving i suppose that this may be signified in um in a death toll and then yeah. um kind of this like dark walk it kind of sounds like footsteps you know coming out yeah. of that yeah. um super spooky cool oh, sound yeah. that we got there. It, it, what, um, what is that like what's it coming from it's actually a guitar Footsteps. it's a guitar with okay. um a delay on it where i think i remember i was like playing around with the controls on the delay yeah while he was making crazy noises so there's like the that's the echo yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's the it's the echo like i have the nut like the feedback the number of repeats yeah amped up so we're like and i to where they actually get louder each time instead of decay instead gotcha. of like one echo or two echoes or several they get quieter and quieter until they're gone it's actually several that they get louder and louder it's almost yeah. an inversion of the way delay is usually used yes yes yeah. exactly instead of yeah echoing away it's yeah. it's approaching <laughs> yeah. yeah that's really spooky yeah i thought i heard like a piano um like just like you were like banging on something from inside it or something mm, but we didn't was that do that the guitar but okay that's a good cool. idea <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go do that too <laughs> yeah. yeah make weird piano noises yeah. Um, cool yeah that's awesome and i mean i could hear what you're talking about uh, with electric guitar painting mm-hmm. happening i like mm-hmm. love the um the muted like going on in like the second verse i think right thank you yeah that Um, yeah this was one where actually um i think we did like we kept most or all the guitars that were played during tracking maybe maybe added a few of the little moments of things but i I, this one came out of tracking really well formed but that 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 muted guitar it was like you know um the the guy uh bryce played it muted like that and I, I put a delay on um, in the computer that I could really sync up to the tempo of the song yeah I mean it's completely and, locked in and that way I got his guitar really clean without a lot of delay in the waveform so what I did was because I, I kind of wanted this sound I went and I gridded his guitar because I had a really clean transient so it's like robotically in time mm-hmm. um, almost and and then I put the delay on top of that so it's very you know it's yeah. It's got that vibe. Yeah. Um, so I kind of went to some extremes with that for yeah. that vibe. And between that and then the, the synth bass, the wah, 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 wah. Yeah. I, w- uh, I found myself bass. searching, since it is a slower tempo song, um, I found yeah. myself searching for elements with faster subdivisions yeah. to right. make it feel like it had some motion. I feel when we put that bass in, that was the moment for me when we were tracking it that it was like... Okay, this this has it kind of feels like a storm, like it's brooding the whole time. Yeah. You're always like, "What's mm-hmm. coming?" It, it it's like it's it's there's like 
monsters running in caves underneath the ground while there's gentle <laughs> piano above the surface. It's yeah. like you know something's going to emerge and like grab you by the ankle at some point. And it's it's so cool because like this song feels um, maybe it has something to do with the time or tempo or something, but uh, music's ability to change our experience of time passing mm-hmm. is like the coolest thing in the world. And yeah. I feel like the um, so I got to hear Dream War in its entirety um, when you performed it at Hutchmoot, and um, and it felt like time was measured differently like it was Mm. this continuous stretch that was just so dramatic um (laughs) and i think that can be said for this song in particular too just as a song is that like you listen to any of it and you step out of it and you're like whoa like (laughs) it's almost like the feeling that you get when you see a movie at a theater and you like walk out and you forgot that it was still like daytime Daytime, yeah right (laughs) oh my gosh like you have to you know yeah. Squint your eyes and stuff. Um, so my ears are like doing the equivalent of the eye squinting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> ear squinting. That's a weird thought. Uh, a new out. podcast. <laughs> <which really huge. laughs> ear squinting. Anyway, um, yeah, um, we better wrap up. But one, one more question: Is there anything that we listened to that you want to bring out um, and talk about? Like any element that was in um, that clip that. I feel like I mentioned the two things I really wanted to. Yeah. The kind of the fast-paced guitar and the fast-paced bass. Yeah. And there also is, in the second verse of this song, it's like the only place in the entire record where there's like programmed drums. Oh, yeah, like I put some, some drum samples that. in there. Okay. They're kind of... Like, like, like the highs are filtered out and they're kind of masked and sound sure. more distant. Yeah. So that they're just... They're not necessarily meant to be like, here we are, but they're just meant to like... Yeah. Pr- um, carry some energy maybe without you noticing yeah yeah we also we actually have two two basses on the song because we have the synth bass and then we also have what did he play on it uh fretless bass that's actually like that last section we listened to yeah takes over right there at the end it's a very cool element of the song i'm glad you pointed that out super super fun to get to throw two different kinds of bass on there (laughs) yeah Yeah, so that must be why it sounded so smooth like yeah. the fretless yeah, bass right, thing like yeah. it felt like it was just like butter yeah <laughs> you know, oh, the Eric most buttery so bass I've good. ever heard yeah so yeah. Yeah. yeah it was amazing um well thank you both for coming and talking and um yeah sharing a little bit about the song and the record and the stories and um I'm so excited for when it's finished and Thanks. ready to listen to I'm yeah. excited just to mix it like I haven't even mixed it like it's just gonna be because the songs are so colorful and they like I mean in their own way like you know don't let me say this freak you out they rock so hard oh, like yeah. they have there's so much energy in there that I just can't wait to dive into and it's like I'm so ready for it to be done and listen to it and enjoy it but I'm so ready to enjoy the mixing because I've been wanting to mix it because I'm really you know all the sounds are, are sounds I'm really proud of and it's just going to be like such a fun thing to mix ground in glory we shouted to you we raised a holy rocket sound and fury they signify they're signifying The Rabbit Room is partnered with Lipscomb University to make this podcast possible. 
Lipscomb has graciously given us access to their recording studio in the Center for Entertainment and Arts building. We're so grateful for their sponsorship, their encouragement, and the good work they do in Nashville. This podcast was produced by The Rabbit Room, where art nourishes community and community nourishes art. All our podcasts are made possible by the generous support of our members. To learn more about us, visit rabbitroom.com and to become a member, rabbitroom.com slash donate.